Talking industry, topical debate from the world of engineering, automation and manufacturing. A DFA Manufacturing Media production. Brought to you by Smart Futures. The latest news from the only online portal dedicated to the future of digitalization. Visit smartfutures.org.uk. Hello and welcome to another Talking Industry podcast. My name is Aaron Blutstein and I'm Managing Editor for Smart Futures Portal and Plantworks Engineering magazine. I'm joined today by Mike Wilson, who's the Chief Automation Officer for the Manufacturing Technology Centre. Mike has nearly 40 years experience in successfully delivering the application of automation to manufacturing across a wide range of industry sectors, working for both users and suppliers of automation and also as an independent consultant. He's well known and respected as a leader within the UK automation sector. Mike, thanks for joining me for this Talking um, Industry podcast today. Uh, many of our listeners will know you, um, will know who you are. Um, you've been extremely uh, proactive in the automation sector for many years. Um, but for those who aren't perhaps or, or perhaps new to the automation sector, I'd like to start by finding out a little bit more about your background, how you got involved in, in automation. Sure. Um, yeah, good afternoon, uh, Aaron. Um, I, I've been interested in, in robotics and automation actually since I was um, a child. Um, I, I actually read um, Asimov books, iRobot and, and, and those kind of publications. Um, and, that, and that got me interested in robotics. And when I went to university, I did a degree in engineering. Um, I was very keen to get into manufacturing, and I was also keen to do something around robotics. Um, and Cranfield University at the time had just started an MSc in industrial robotics, um, and that was back in, I think it was 1981. Um, and, and I was fortunate enough to get a place on that course, um, and we were the, the first cohort going through that that MSc program, and, and that's really what what got me started. But but I've been, if you like, I'd always been interested in robotics, and that that was really what I wanted to do. So I was very pleased to uh, to be able to get on that course. What made you, as a as a child, what made you particularly interested in automation in, in robotics and automation? What do you think it was that sort of was it school or what kind of enthused you a little bit? Well. <laughs> I think it's a number of things, but I mean, my father was an engineer. Um, he was an electrical engineer, and I guess that that had an influence. Um, I mean, originally I was keen on civil engineering. I quite fancied the idea of building large bridges and and things like that. But uh, but when I went to university, I kind of got more into into computing. Or albeit in those days we were we were doing punch cards into. Uh, Fortran and, uh, and very large computers rather than desktop machines um, and and it was really all about the technology it was the technology that excited me and and the, the I think the potential in terms of what robotics might actually mean um, and and how it might uh, how it might change what was happening in manufacturing and that leads kind of very nicely into kind of fast forwarding a few years <laughs> And, uh, and and your current role as uh, chief automation officer. I mean, you looking at your CV, it's you know it's extremely impressive to to you know look, reading through it. Um, but but how how would you say that companies today are, are um, how can companies today kind of take advantage of automation in the current environment? Well. I Unfortunately, the UK is is behind uh, what a lot of the rest of the world is doing in terms of the uh, the adoption of 
of robotics and automation. Um, but, but I think there are significant opportunities today, and I think we're starting to see a change in, in that pattern. Um, uh, over over the last few years, I think we, we've employed lots of people. We brought in lots of people from from other countries to work within our manufacturing and and other sectors. But but those people are no longer available. You know, as a consequence of of COVID and and Brexit, we've lost a lot of that workforce. You know, we've also lost a lot of um, of UK workers who've chosen to retire. So there are significant labour shortages throughout throughout manufacturing and many other sectors at the moment. And therefore there is really only one option and that's to look at automation as a way of um, um, aiding the workers as it were it's, it's not about replacing jobs it's about automating the mundane the repetitive the dirty and dangerous tasks and then using the people where their skills can add value so making the best of both worlds as it were using the automation where it does a great job which is on on repetitive tasks and using people where we need their their skills to actually undertake the tasks that they have to perform and and i think there's a great opportunity in the uk right now to, to to change the way that we've done things historically and, and really make the best of, of those opportunities. So, so you know, with, with so many opportunities available, why would you, what would you say are the, uh, are the main barriers then to actually implementing automation? If, if the, you know, the ob it's ob obvious why we should be doing it, but why don't, why don't we, or why haven't we, you know, to, uh, why are we still a little bit behind? <laughs> if I'm being <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, th I think we're behind for, for a number of factors. I don't, I don't think it's one simple thing. I think there are a number of issues. So, so one, one is that we we typically look on investment on in, in a short term way. We we don't necessarily make investment in capital equipment for the long term and that's true of all forms of capital equipment and, and robotics and automation is, is just a, a subset of that that particular problem i i think we have a cultural issue because we we typically we like to keep all of our old machines running um that there was a, a study done by the all-party parliamentary manufacturing group uh, within the house of commons it's probably about five or six years old now and and they looked at the culture of uk manufacturing and, and they called that that report making good and and if i can summarize that that work in a, a couple of sentences it basically said that in the uk we're very proud that we keep all of our old machines running whereas in germany they're very proud that they bought new ones and and i think that that culture is still embedded and that's one of our challenges and, and i think the other the other major issue is is around skills we we have a, a shortage of engineering skills within the workplace particularly when it comes to newer technologies and i think a lot of businesses are, are cautious if you like in terms of employing newer technologies including robotics and automation because they're concerned that they don't necessarily have the skills to to successfully apply and use these kind of technologies so, so would you say that far from actually making people redundant, you actually the, the the new skills which will be coming on board are highly sought after, and it's it's there are there are new jobs which will replace the the old ones, and there's nothing. Oh. Scared of as such? <laughs> no, 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 nothing, nothing at all. You know, the, certainly in in terms of um, the use of new technology within manufacturing, including robotics and automation, there's significant demand for the skill sets that can deliver those kind of systems, from you know digital technologies all the way through to robots, and and you know the people that 
um, obtain those skills are highly valued today and, and they're, they're paid very well. Um, but I think, you know, looking overall, this is all about making our industries as competitive as possible and, and competitive industries are successful and they grow and they employ more people. So, so I do think it's, it's all positive. You know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember um, the, the days of the 70s when we lost a lot of uh, significant industries uh, in the UK to overseas. And, and as a result, that led to significant um, areas of unemployment. And what we really want today is, is to grow our manufacturing sector, to increase employment, make our businesses more competitive and more successful. But to do that, we need to invest in the latest technologies, including robotics and automation. And what would you say to an SME or to any any company um, that is saying, well, it, times are a bit difficult with um, obviously everything with everything's going up, inflation. I'm not sure I should really be going down this route at the moment. I'll wait. <laughs> no, I, and and I think that's true. You know, I I I completely understand that in times of uncertainty. Um, you know, we've got challenges with any price, energy prices. We've got challenges with inflation. Times of general uncertainty. Um, a lot of businesses prefer to 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 um, to to save the cash that they've got in case of hard times in the future. But but I also think they they need to balance that that sort of caution, if you like with um, ensuring that they're prepared for the future. And, and it's not necessarily about very large sums being invested. Um, I read an interesting article this morning, in fact, actually, where a, a guy in the US was suggesting that what companies should look at is a program of change. So not try and do all the changes in one go and invest, invest everything they've got all at the same time. But every year, try and make some small steps, making some investment. And then over a number of years, you will have changed. You will have made those uh, investments and you will be more competitive. And therefore, you'll be more set, if you like, to, to be in a good position to, to be successful in the future. If, if we just sit still and, and um, take a completely defensive position, then once, once the uncertainty is gone, once the inflation settled down, energy costs have come back to normal, whatever it might be, we'll actually be behind the rest of the world and, and we, it'll be very difficult to recover that position. So I, I think it's a balance. It's a balance between being cautious, but also ensuring that you're developing for the future. So I suppose the, uh, the message there is you can't afford not to. <laughs> yeah, to, to, to some extent, yes, because to be fair, the rest of the world is moving ahead. And if we're going to be successful in the future, we need to make sure that we're competitive in that marketplace. I and mean, do you think that we we're catching up with the likes of France and Germany or are we, are we still significantly behind them? And it's going to take a long time to get to that, to that level. This Talking Industry episode is brought to you by Smart Futures, the latest news from the only online portal dedicated to the future of digitalization. Visit smartfutures.org.uk. We are significantly behind. I think we've got an opportunity to address it, but it, it, it needs it's almost like a change of mindset. We, we, we really do need to make a significant effort to drive things forward. And, and that, that needs um, a lot of businesses 
to, to be start looking at this and, and trying to figure out how they can address the challenges that they do face. And, and as a country, particularly, we need to start looking at how we can address the skills problem, because that's not going to fix it, it you know, on its own. Um, and um, that's not just about industry trying to address that problem. We need to make sure that our education system is developing people with the skills that industry needs. Um, and, you know, when they come out of the system in about four years time or even longer, we they, they will have roles uh, to fulfill. But we need we need a, a centrally organized strategy to make sure that that can happen. Would I know it's a difficult question, but uh, what would what would you like to see done with, with regards to education? What would you like to in an ideal world? Well, I, I think one of one of the things that, that I think we already do to some extent is that there are lots of robot competitions that take place in schools mm. and, and some of these are global um, and the, the, you know, the schools, primary schools, as well as secondary schools are competing in these robot competitions and it, and it excites the children, um, particularly girls as well as boys. And, that, and that's what the problem we have is that as they go through the secondary system, as they go to college, they don't necessarily then get the support to continue with those interests in engineering. And what I would like to see is much greater use of robotics, if you like, as a tool, if you like, to encourage people to do engineering type subjects in education. Okay. And, and by, you know, by that, I mean, uh, you know, robotics encompasses mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, electronics, it encompasses software and so on. So it's all sorts of relevant skills. And, and we could use that in our secondary schools, in our technical colleges, using robotics as a vehicle to encourage more people to do those kind of subjects. And as a result, we'll then be pushing out the system, if you like, more engineers and more people capable of working in those in those kind of topic areas. Mm -hmm. And do you think that universities are, are, are prepared for some of the skills which will be needed for um, uh, for automation robotics in the future or do they need to actually adjust themselves well it, it's a little bit of both I, I think one of the key elements is is more of the technical colleges if you like because we need we need people with those more practical skills mm -hmm. the universities um, do produce um, and do a lot of work in research and so on but they're, they're tending to produce um, higher level uh, graduates that, that are not necessarily completely suited to manufacturing environment and and maybe we need to we need to look at some of our engineering courses to make sure that the content that they deliver is more aligned with the, the practical needs of manufacturing rather than if you like the research kind of community um, so I, I, I would sort of recommend that that some of the not necessarily all of the universities because it's it's always a balance, but we need to make sure that some of the universities are producing um, engineers with uh, production engineering skills that that encompass things like robotics and additive and and digital engineering, um, but also things like project management and um, return on investment um, awareness and so on, so that they, they, can, they can become effective within manufacturing very quickly. Okay. So moving slightly towards looking at automation um, as a, uh, the trends in automation, what would you say are the, the biggest trends in automation at this moment in time? What's changing or what has changed over the last maybe last couple of years? 
I, I think the biggest step really has been the development of collaborative robots, so-called cobots. Um, the, 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 the idea of, um, you know, initially robots, industrial robots were put behind fences and we kept the workers and the, and the robots very, very separate. Um, and that, that limited what you could do from an automation perspective, because there are always tasks within a, a manufacturing process that are better suited to, to manual operations. The, the development of cobots, so allowing people and robots to work alongside each other, makes it much easier to apply the automation within, within that manufacturing facility. And I, I think the, the other um, sort of key elements that have come through, one is the ease of programming. They're now, robots are now much easier to program than they used to be. They're much easier to reprogram. Um, they're lower cost than they used to be. You know, the value for money, if you like, is you get much more for your money than you did five or, or 10 years ago. Significant performance enhancements. All of these things are making robots much easier to apply in the smaller businesses. So, so we all know that the car industry, for example, has been using robots for quite a few years now. And, and everybody's perceived that that's very appropriate because they've got the skills to handle these kind of technologies. Within, the, within UK manufacturing, I can't remember the exact number, but something like 95% of our manufacturing are actually SMEs. And therefore technologies that are easier to apply, easier to use, um, not as expensive to to install and so on opens the door if you like to all of those smes and and i would say that you know companies that may have thought that robot automation is not applicable to them or they've looked at it previously you know five years ago and decided it, it didn't suit them they really ought to have another look because the the, the movements uh, you know the development of the technology and so on has, has changed it very significantly over the last five years and things that weren't appropriate five years ago may well be appropriate today and would would smes be able to come to the ntc and ask for advice or what, what would you know from your role as chief automation officer how would you get involved in, in trying to kind of gear smes towards automation we're, we're trying very hard to reach out to the SME community, um, both from the MTC and also the other centres within the high value manufacturing catapult to provide practical, um, independent advice to those businesses. So if, if, if companies are interested in automation, we can help them in terms of advising them in terms of what are the right applications to be looking at how do you actually go about procuring that automation system, helping them write the right specifications to buy it, helping them choose the right vendors, helping, so basically helping them reduce the risk associated with any, any investment. Um, and it's all about trying to make it um, as easy for them as possible. But one of the, one of the important elements of that is we're, we're not doing that as a, a service to make money. Um, we obviously have to make a charge for it, but, but we do get government support to help when we're engaging with SMEs. But we're actually doing it as, almost as an educational process. So the first time we actually interact with a client, we, we may help them quite a lot. But what we're looking to do is to share that knowledge and experience with them so that in the future they can do much more of that themselves and hopefully become completely independent of us so that they, they gain the, the expertise, the knowledge to be able to buy automation systems, install them successfully.
So are there any projects which are which are ongoing at the MTC at the moment that um, you would say is you know a particularly good example for for SMEs to? Is there anything that you could comment on or, or not really at the moment? <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd rather not give any names necessarily, but but there's quite a few um, SMEs that we work with um, across all sorts of sectors. You know, from machine tending applications to painting to welding. Um, we're very active within the Made Smarter program as well. We're providing support through that, which is helping SMEs with digital technologies, including robotics. So so the we, we do have um, some case studies on our on our website, and I'm, I'd be very happy for people to look at those just to get a feel for the kind of businesses that we're working with. But it but it does range from companies of you know, as small as 10 people all the way through to, you know, a few hundred people in terms of SMEs. So it's not it's not just the bigger SMEs by any means. So your advice for an SME who's just starting out and want to automate just maybe get in, in touch with the MTC. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And, and you know, the, there's no, we're there to help. So we, we give them a certain amount of free advice up front in terms of one of the key things we do do is we, we go and look at the factory and we're looking to see if automation is appropriate because it isn't appropriate for everybody. And we, we recognize that. So there are some occasions when we go into a business and we'll actually say to them, what they really ought to do is something else first to ensure that when they do look at the automation, it is going to be successful for them. Okay, that makes uh, a lot of sense. Um, okay, so just, is there anything from uh, from from your perspective that you would like to see change in the UK to help the take up of automation? I, I think it's it is more about the support, um, and it's more about well, it's it's a couple of things really. I I think we need we need to recognise the importance of manufacturing, and I know that that's kind of a bit fundamental, but but manufacturing is an important sector to the UK economy, and I don't think it is often recognised as being as important as it actually is. And we, we need our, our government, our political leaders to really recognise that and to talk up the value of, of UK manufacturing. And, and then also to talk up the, the importance of ensuring that manufacturing then uses the latest technologies not to see robots as a threat to jobs, but to see it as a positive thing in terms of employment. Um, and, then, and then making sure that there is easy access to the kind of support that is available, because there are, there are lots of SMEs throughout the UK you know, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but but we're talking in excess of 30,000 SMEs in the UK that have not yet considered robotics, but where robotics would be appropriate for their facilities. And, and we need to encourage those businesses to take the time to figure out how they can improve their manufacturing facilities. And, and if robotics is the solution, to, to reach out to people like the MTC to get that kind of advice to ensure that the, the applications and the investments they do make are successful. But, but I think that's largely about talking up the benefits, ensuring that everybody understands, and, and not necessarily just listening to people like me, but listening to SMEs who have actually done it and, and done it successfully and the benefits that they've gained from it. Sounds uh, good advice, I think. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, um, we're coming towards the end of this podcast, but I'd just like to ask one final question. It's uh, perhaps a, an obvious one, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask it anyway. 
are you excited and positive about the future of British manufacturing? Um, yes, is the short answer, but let me let me kind of explain why. I, I, th I think there are significant opportunities. Um, and I think British manufacturing has always been very strong. It's always been very successful. We do have businesses that are world leaders in what they do. What we need to do is make best use of all the resources we've got and the knowledge and expertise that we've got. And I think that's the bit that we haven't quite done successfully yet. I think if we really can tap into all the, the knowledge and expertise and use the resources that we've got in a more coherent uh, way, I think UK manufacturing could be really successful. We, we will the world leaders in terms of the industrial revolution. There's no reason why we can't do that again. It's, it's, it's about recognizing that manufacturing has a place in the UK economy and ensuring that we, we drive forward to make the best of it. On that note, Mike, thank you very much for joining me this afternoon for another Talking Industry podcast. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Aaron. This Talking Industry episode is brought to you by Smart Futures. The latest news from the only online portal dedicated to the future of digitalisation. Visit smartfutures.org.uk Thank you for listening to Talking Industry. Stay tuned across all podcast apps, follow us on social, subscribe to our newsletters and keep up to date at talkingindustry.org.